Good evening and welcome to PCR Sports here on PCR FM for the start of your sporting weekend. I'm Neil Eshton in the studio this week with me is Dipam who's uh, going to be talking through the headlines very shortly but I'm delighted that our guests this week are the uh, CEO at Peterborough United, David Payton and Phil Adlam, press officer at the club as well for a numerous years shall we say, <laughs> a stalwart of the club. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll bring you all the la- latest and local sporting news from in and around Peterborough. If this is the first time you are joining us, you are most welcome. So thank you for your company. We're here every Friday, 6pm till 7. As usual, we'll be discussing the latest sports news from our local amateur and professional sports clubs and would love you to get involved as well using the power of social media. You can get hold of us via Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at SportsPCR or via Facebook, which is at PCR Sports. You can listen live and listen back to us on the show using the PCR FM app or online through the website, which is pcrfm.co.uk. But first, before we get cracking with the rest of the show, let's go through your sporting headlines this evening with Dipam. Thank you, Nish. Um, right, the sporting headlines for this evening. In local football, Peter Sports were twice in action at home this week with the four points to show for their efforts. In the regional derby, Sports beat St Ives 2-0 on Saturday before drawing 2-2 despite being 2-0 up in the Tuesday evening fixture against Bromsgrove Sporting. The Turbines face another double game this week, double game week this week, but this time they're on the road at Royston Town on Saturday before heading to Rushall Olympic on Tuesday. In the Northern Premier Midlands Division, it was mainly bad news for our regional sides. The only winners were Stamford with an impressive 6-0 thrashing of Sutton Coalfield Town. Yaxley lost 1-0 to a late goal at Leeders Ilkeston Town, while Spalding United were defeated by the same scoreline at Bedworth, Bedworth United. Wisbech Town were beating 3-0 at home to Sporting Calcer. This weekend, Stamford visit Daventry Town, while Wisbech Town visit Belper Town. Yaxley and Spalding are both at home to Bedford United and Coleshill Town, respectively. Just wanted to give a special mention out to Netherton United under-12s girls. They play in the cup final against AFC Rushton and Diamonds this Sunday. The match takes place at Wellingborough Town at 10.30am and we wish them all the best of luck with bringing the trophy home. In rugby, Peterborough United, Peterborough RUFC visit Belgrave and visited Belgrave, and their game ended in a 17-12 defeat. And they entertained Derby this weekend. Meanwhile, Peterborough Lions match at runaway leaders Bedford Athletic ended in a 81-19 mauling for the City side, and they host Belgrave tomorrow. In high hockey, Peterborough Phantoms had a double-winning weekend as they beat Leeds Knight for Knights 5-2 away on Saturday, followed uh, and followed up with a convincing 6-2 win over regional rivals Milton Keynes Lightning. This week sees the final two games of the season with a visit to Swindon Wildcats on Saturday and a visit to Planet Ice for Raiders IHC on Sunday. There's, there is still an outside chance for Panthers to reach these playoffs but they will rely on other results going their way. In hockey, there were two big wins last weekend at Bretton Gate with the seconds winning 7-1 against Deerham which saw them finish 7th in the East Premier Division and they will compete there again next season. The other big win was the, for the men's thirds who confirmed their promotion with a thumping 9-1 win against an undermanned Cambridge University team. 
This will mean the thirds will compete in Division 1 North in the East Leagues next season. On Sunday, the men's first could only manage a 1-1 draw against fellow struggler Sheffield Hallam, although mathematically they are still alive approaching the final game of the National League season. Uh, they must win away at Birmingham University this coming Sunday and hope that two teams above them lose to ensure their National Division 1's North status uh, carries on next season. A loss or other results could fail falling their way could see them playing in the National East Conference next season. On Easter weekend sees the return of the annual Roger Brummett Mixed Tournament that has had two years off due to the pandemic. This is a mixture of matches played on grass and also on AstroTurf. A group match takes place on Saturday followed by a plate and cup competition on Sunday to see who will be crowned the champions for 2022. It is always a very social event and with catering and the bar available all weekend and everyone is welcome to attend. Speedway, Peterborough Panthers get their season underway with the League Cup competition when they face Ipswich at the East of England showground on Monday. The league fixtures commence on the 2nd of May where Panthers will hope to embark on a back-to-back title winning season. Gymnastics, uh, city-based gymnast Jake Jarman won double gold at the British uh, British Championships for Huntingdon at the competition in Liverpool last weekend. The 20-year-old won his medals for the floor and vault events and also took silver in the pommel final. Uh, finally, <coughs> free for kids. Uh, the City of Peterborough Sports are providing free sports and lunch for kids in the years 1-6. to six. And we've got David Clark from the um, <coughs> club live on the line today. Uh, David, are you there? <coughs> Hi, Diff. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Thank you, sir. How are you? Good. Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Not good. too bad at all. Good. Good to have you on and good to speak to you again. You're a friend of the show. You've been on a couple of times already. So uh, how's things uh, going at the club? And this, this initiative sounds really, really good. Yeah, they're looking forward to it. So it's the first time we've, we've put on this initiative. So it's the um, HAF programme, so um, Holiday Activities and Food programme. Um, it's been delivered across Peterborough since Easter 2021. So it's the first time we've been part of it. So really looking forward to that so it's basically eligible for children who uh, qualify for free school meals um, and those sessions are actually funded by the Department for Education so we've actually got 23 kids confirmed coming uh, to our session starting on Monday so we've got um, tennis on Monday football on Tuesday uh, cricket on Wednesday and uh, hockey on Thursday so we're really looking forward to that and um, getting on getting on with the scheme and um, hopefully if it does go well we'll continue it in, in the summer holidays as well I was going to ask actually because obviously um, entries for, for the scheme now have obviously closed for this time but um, you could potentially have a future on where people can participate again yeah definitely so yeah if, if all being well hopefully everything goes well um, this time round we'll, we'll make it open to everyone and all schools uh, across Peterborough so we have been advertising in schools and um, through various contacts within primary schools as well um, like sports leaders and sports activators and things like that so yeah it's a great opportunity really for kids to come down be active during the holidays um, and also eat healthily so part of the day each day they'll get a um, nutritious healthy meal um, served after the session so as part of that they can get obviously free sport and a free healthy meal so it's, uh, it's quite a good week for them that's brilliant absolutely fantastic and what's obviously you said it's the first time that the club are participating in the scheme so what was the thinking behind it and, and, and the reason of getting involved yeah i think it's more about you know engaging with the community um and you know using our local partnership connections with the council really so yeah we've worked really closely with, with peter city council uh, in getting this underway and set up so uh, really thankful for them to for all their support during this really so yeah i know there's a lot of uh, other providers at other schools in the city are doing it but i think 
been one of the bigger clubs around doing it. We've um, obviously we've got facilities for tennis and hockey and cricket. It'll be a great experience for these youngsters who may not the opportunity to come down to our club and, and see what we're about. And you never know, we might unearth a few gems. Fantastic. And obviously, uh, other than being the business manager for the club, you're also the soon upon us. And I know you've got some pre-season games and activities going on. Tell us a bit more about that. Yeah, it's a bit cold at the moment to get going. We're outdoors for my training, so I'm not sure how that's going to go. But um, yeah, we've got three pre-season friendlies coming up. So we've got um, on, the, on the 9th of April, we've got Wollerton from Nottinghamshire. Um, and then we've quite an exciting game on the 13th of April during the Easter holidays with our first one we're in Northampton Academy so that should be a really good game for us and a good test and um, so that's midweek we've got a couple of unavailable work obviously but and then we've got our final game on the 16th against Bourne so all being well we'll be all set up ready for the league uh, starting on the 23rd of April Brilliant that sounds good and uh, no doubt we'll speak to you before the league starts and uh, wish you all the best again for uh, hopefully another title winning season yeah, cheers, cheers. Thanks for having me on, and uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Pleasure. Nice to speak to you. See you soon. And those are your sporting headlines for this week. Yes. Brilliant. Thank you, Dipam. We're just going to take a very short break there, but um, just before we do that, you have got the World Cup draw taking place as we speak, um, and England have been drawn against Iran, America, uh, sorry, that's the United States of America, should I say, and um, I'm guessing that's the, um, the Scottish um, the, yeah, the Scottish uh, qualifiers uh, potentially as well. So uh, yeah, it could be an England Scotland derby um, at the, in, the, in the in the World Cup in uh, 2022 later on this year as well. You've also got um, a South American derby in the shape of Argentina and Mexico playing each other in Group C as well as the uh, last two or three teams are being drawn so yeah exciting times ahead um, as the national teams look ahead to the Qatar World Cup uh, later on this year but before we go any further we just can take a short break and then we'll be back with Phil and David at McCormick, we make the herbs, spices, seasoning and condiments that add flavour to your food. And right now, we're looking to add to our team across all functions. If you're passionate about driving excellence, want to start or progress a career in food manufacturing, joining more than a factory and our R&D Innovation Centre at our new facility in Peterborough, apply today and bring your own special flavour to the team. Visit careers.mccormick.com or email your CV to jobs at mccormick.co.uk and join our factory of the future in Peterborough. Our place is legendary. Our place is iconic. Our place is the home of the UK's original burger. Our place is wimpy. So come on over to our place and rediscover the original quarter pounder with cheese, our all-day breakfast, and the range of iconic thick shakes. All freshly prepared and served all day every day in our Westgate restaurant. Plus, for this month's special offers and to order a home delivery, search online for Wimpy Peterborough. Oh, yay! Oh, yay! Oh, yay! Friday night with Les Wheeler on Feel Good Friday's PCR FM 103.2 FM. By the way, more value for you than an old pound coin. You're listening to PCR Sports. Good evening and welcome back to PCR Sports here on PCRFM for the start of your sporting weekend. We've just had the uh, he- sporting headlines with Dipham and um, just a recap on the World Cup draw that's taking place as we speak. England have been drawn against Iran, the United States of America and then the European qualifiers which could either be Wales, 
Ukraine or Scotland. So a potential England-Scotland um, derby there as well. And that's in Group B um, later on this year when the World Cup will be. So, yeah, keep an eye on that for the fourth team in England's group. You've also got um, Argentina playing Mexico in Group C and then um, a posh connection with Cameroon and Jando Fuchs. Um, he'll be playing Brazil later on this year as well. So that's uh, quite a momentous moment for him. And I'm sure he'll be looking to make that final squad as well. And they're in Group G, Cameroon are as well for the World Cup in Qatar later on this year. But um, we're going to talk posh for the rest of this show, to be honest. We've got uh, David Payton with us, uh, new CEO at Peterborough United. He's been in the role for about three months now. And Phil Adlam, press officer at the club and long-serving press officer, Phil. You make me sound old, <laughs> it, it is 20 years, though. I know, I know what you're thinking. I can't be that old, but I, I am. Um, and, uh, yeah, just watching that World Cup draw, David uh, David apparently Scottish. I, I, who knew? Um, but uh, easy group for England, that, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah, we should uh, look, look to win that group. Well, if, if you don't go through in that group, Southgate will be gone. Simple as. Um, you, yeah, you can't, there's, there's no you can't ex- win those games. Yeah, there's no excuse for not qualifying out of that group. That's for sure. Um, and uh, making it to the uh, to the knockout knockout rounds. But let's um, let's just recap first on Peterborough United and the uh, the great win at QPR. Phil, that obviously a huge morale boost for the the club fans and everybody involved. Yeah, I think the fans deserved it. To be honest with you, I think from start to finish, it um, it's not called Loftus Road anymore, is it? The Kyan Prince Foundation. Stadium. I think they were, they were superb and to travel down in the numbers on a Sunday lunchtime, um, getting up early and, and getting themselves down there. I think they were they were fantastic from start to finish. And it's nice, given the away form that we've had this year, to <laughs> finally reward them for that loyalty. And I think that uh, first half, obviously, you know, we gave a sloppy goal away. I think that was um, a difficult moment. And in, in that first half, there were a couple of occasions where they could have added a second. But from there on in, once they got the second goal, they had the belief to go and get the third. And that was the difference. To the, to the previous game against Stoke where and Swansea, sorry, whereby you got yourselves in a, a really commanding position and didn't go for the jugular and they and they did that against QPR and despite the fact there was what felt like 15 minutes of injury time, <laughs> um, we managed to, to get the job done and it was a great win. Yeah, and um, that injury time you mentioned there as well, I'm assuming um, Johnson Clark Harris has recovered well. He has, he's followed all the concussion protocols. Um, he's also recovered from the dead leg um, that he's actually sustained in the game. So, yeah, listen, I mean, we, we, the funny thing was in that game, regardless of the amount of stoppage time that we had, I never really felt that we were going to concede and whether that was down to QPR's ineptitude in terms of making things happen or, or how well we, def- we defended. I think it's a combination of both. Yeah, I think we did really well, to be honest. Um, having watched every game this season so far, you was just, you know, when we concede that first goal in the first 10 minutes, you're just fearing the worst. And, you know, that might sound very pessimistic, but having watched the previous games, you just sadly, you know, you get that feeling. But I do feel that second half performance was probably the best best we've performed this season I'd say in terms of just the way we applied ourselves and I don't remember Di having much to do first half we did ride our luck a little bit but second half he's he was outstanding yeah as I say I don't think there was too much that we had to deal with from a defensive point of view other than balls into the box and you would have expected you know Frankie and, and Josh and who was obviously playing really well at this moment in time and, and Ronnie to deal with that and they protected Di very well in that game and as I say it wasn't like we came under the caution that second half mm. I think it was a I don't want to say a relatively comfortable <laughs> 45 minutes or so because it never is as David is, is attesting to now that uh, he's in the building there's, there's never a lead 
as posh fans that we ever feel that we're <laughs> particularly comfortable with, but that's as close to it as we got. Um, we've obviously not had many home wins, um, sorry, league wins this season. David, that was your first, was it, I guess? Um, well, well, the FA Cup win I think we've the, had. Uh, what was it, the 16th attempt? <laughs> Four, 14th attempt in the league, I think it was, to get a win. Um, and when we went 2-1 up, and uh, I, turned to, I turned to Barry and said, we need a third. <laughs> so I'm just not comfortable at 2-1, having uh, sort of the flashbacks of Birmingham away in my head and then when they, when they flagged up eight minutes of added time I uh, my, my heart sank ever so slightly <laughs> I think that's the thing it's like you, 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 the Birmingham game is, is a strange example because for 85 minutes in that game we looked very solid didn't even feel that Birmingham were in the game obviously got a 2-0 lead in it but goals change games don't they and they got one back and it was almost like oh my god there's, they, they, could, they could actually win this game and they nearly did win the game on that occasion but the fact we got a third so quickly through Jack it, it kind of settled the nerves I think for the players from the players point of view and um, you know I mean if Sammy had squared it to Joe in the last minute oh. we'd have won the game 4-1 and everyone would be looking and thinking what a what an unbelievable day at the office but mm. it just feels so long ago yeah. um, that obviously the international break has kind of segued it a little yeah, bit yeah indeed and looking ahead to tomorrow then Middlesbrough um, obviously then we're at home on Lute, against Luton on Tuesday evening as well two big games two sides battling to get in the playoffs as well as perhaps even automatic for uh, Luton itself as well so obviously as a fan optimism is is renewed to an extent but I'm still you know erring on the side of caution I think as well I think the thing is as well is that the important thing for the majority of the games that we've got remaining is there's particularly the home games is there's a lot riding on it for both sides I think that that is key at this stage of the season because it will mean that the game is um, really competitive from start to finish I think that's um, that's going to be key let's listen Chris Wilder's gone in and done a a wonderful job with Middlesbrough and obviously anyone who saw their FA Cup run and, and their performance against Chelsea will know that they've got a lot of talented players and you know you can look at Luton and and they're exactly the same they've worked the market really well in terms of the players that they've brought in Um, and at the start of the season if you just said Middlesbrough and Luton would be in the positions that they are in the league table you'd have probably laughed at them but just goes to show what you can do when you put a run together and you know hopefully as you say yourself as a fan and those that will be there tomorrow let David say in terms of the figures but it it should be a cracking atmosphere yeah and Middlesbrough obviously sold their allocation out for tomorrow David expecting a, a, a big big PHP United following yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, we're, we're, we're over eleven thousand tickets sold already for for tomorrow, and you'd expect another th- maybe three to five hundred on on the morning of the match. So yeah, eleven and a half thousand would be a, would be an exceptional crowd for for this game. Yeah, similar to Luton potentially as well, although it is slightly obviously it's a yeah, midweek it's a Tuesday game. Night, it, it makes it a bit more a bit more difficult, but certainly Luton are travelling in in their droves, and again because where you know the run they've had and where they are in the league, mm. there's a lot of excitement around that club. Yeah. Which I've said, I think is one of the, it's the mod, one of the model clubs I look at as to how to run the football club in the championship mm. with the let's call them modest resources that both Peterborough United and Luton mm. have in common. Yeah, indeed. I was having a discussion earlier in the week actually that both both the you know the oppositions that we've got left this season that it's great that they've got something to play for. It just makes the game a little bit more open and perhaps gives us more of an opportunity. Whereas teams playing with nothing to play for, they'll just come up, shut up shop, and not really be bothered about it. And it'd be a real you know dour atmosphere. But I think we're guaranteed with the five home games that we've got remaining at London Road a a great following from the away teams but also opportunity for Posh to actually go out and play their football in that way as well yeah definitely I think that you know you look at the, the games remaining I mean it's interesting that we finished the season against Blackpool because as you'll find out more about David throughout this show um, he, he had a premonition which he, uh, he discussed with us earlier so um 
that could have something riding on it as well. And, and you look at the, the games away from home, obviously Bristol City is a bit of a trek and I think we're about 200, 220 sold for that and Barnsley tickets go on sale next week and that's going to be a huge game obviously in the context of both both club seasons. Um, and then obviously Millwall away, which is the, the last away game of the season. You know, hopefully we go to that game with, with something to play for and, and if we do then... You know, I wouldn't say it's an ideal game to play, but you'd expect Millwall to be sort of mid-table mm. around that particular stage of the season. And then it sets up Blackpool, and um, that's where we have to keep David in check. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Phil, I just want to come on to the... Um Easter colouring competition that Posh have launched for kids. David's laughing because he thinks I've entered this <laughs> colouring competition. I can assure you that. Um, no, going by your uh, photo taking skills, yeah, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm neither under 12 nor good at colouring. Um, <laughs> but yes, th- I'll give you a bit of background to this. Obviously, Easter is coming up. It's it sort of fits in with um, something uh, Peterborough and um, Bobby Coppin have done previously around Christmas. Um, just to get the schools engaged, um, Bobby's obviously sent this uh, out to all of the schools that he's been in. I think he's. I don't know where he's at, David, now in terms of schools, about 150, 160? Yeah. Uh, I think he's actually gone over 170 now. He's over 170, so he's the, the busiest man at the football club in terms of everything that he does with the women's side of the game and under-14s coach, and he's starring in a VO documentary that's gone live today as well, so he'll be signing autographs left, right and centre. Don't forget he modelled the new club shop merchandise <laughs> as well. He did, he did model the new... Did you not get asked about that? I didn't, funny enough. Apparently I've got a face for radio. That's very disappointing. Uh, club shop staff will be on notice. Um, no, uh, I think the current competition is a great way to keep engaged with the, the younger element of the fan base, those that we're trying to convert through the Fans of the Future scheme and you know those that have enjoyed games this season through the schools initiative so um, you can enter if you've not obviously received it through the schools, just go onto the website the uh, the PDF is there to download um, show a few colouring skills send it back to Bobby Coppin at the uh, the club and him and Bobby, uh, him and Peter will, uh, will pick a winner but Peter's obviously busy over Easter because well he's a bunny <laughs> <laughs> And um, entries for that as well just close on Wednesday the 20th of April so please do if you are taking part in that uh, colouring competition put your name, age, school and contact email address on your entry and then uh, Bobby and Peter Burrow will be in touch with you. That brings us up to half six. We're going to be talking um, to David and uh, finding out who David Payton is. Find out who our CEO at Peterborough United is very shortly just after this break again. Are you suffering from buff, 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 buffering? Find yourself screaming, not streaming? Or do you just lag behind? Then it's time to demand better broadband. City Fibre is building a brand new full fibre network across the UK, giving you access to broadband from a range of providers that's more reliable and up to 20 times faster than average. So you can stream, game and video call without interruption. Get connected to full fibre today. Choose your provider at cityfibre.com slash PCR. It's a brand new year and we've got a new house of fun for 2022. We've got new features, but keeping the same dedication to bringing you great hand-picked music and light-hearted entertainment. It's the award-nominated house of fun you love revamped for a new year. Join us every Friday from 9pm only on PCRFM and stay connected via House of Fun Radio on Facebook. You're listening to PCR Sports.
Good evening and welcome back to PCR Sports here on PCR FM for the start of your sporting weekend. I'm Neelesh. In the studio this week we've got David Payton, CEO at Peterborough United and we've just been hearing from Phil Adlam as well. Just recapping on the QPR game, looking ahead to Middlesbrough tomorrow afternoon and Luton on Tuesday evening. So we bring you all the, lo- all the local sports news from in and around Peterborough. We are here every Friday from 6 till 7. We'd love you to get in touch as well. Um, if you are on Twitter, you can get hold of us at Sports PCR or via Facebook on PCR Sports. If you've missed the first half of this show, you can listen back to us on the PCR FM app or through the website, which is pcrfm.co.uk. But let's bring David in. David Payton, CEO at Peterborough United Football Club. Been at the club three months now, David? Yeah, just, just under three months. It was third. 3rd of January yep. when I, I came through the doors, although I'd had two months before that. I was appointed, I don't know what the date was, the Friday before the Fulham game, whenever that was, November. Um, so I had two months of meeting some of the staff beforehand, um, getting sent a whole load of documents to read through, <laughs> work out where I may need to target early doors. Um, and that took in the Barnsley game as well, as well when literally the lights went out. Hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, it's been an interesting three months. It's been a good three months. Um, Lots of changes, lots more to come, um, but uh, I feel we're on the right path off the pitch and then hopefully on the pitch we're going to be going in the right direction soon again as well. Yeah, brilliant stuff. So let's um, let's start with who is David? Um, who's well, our new CEO question, of United? <laughs> Could have started with an easier one than that. Um, um, background, yeah, you've obviously so been involved in football previously, looking at your CV, so to speak. Yeah, um, so I moved, moved down from, from Scotland... 20, 21 years ago now. Um, studied accountancy and finance at university. Very exciting. Um, I am recovering from that, though. I'm almost there. <laughs> the and university then, experience, no, no doubt. Just be, be, uh, studying accountancy, I'm thinking more. <laughs> well, I don't think I've ever recovered the, from the university experience. <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm a rugby boy at heart, and I took full advantage of the university experience, it's fair to say. Um, and then I moved down to London. I worked for uh, a couple of, of the top 10 accountancy firms moved to Deloitte and then on to, uh, on to Grant Thornton, who were sort of number five in the world at the time, um, set up a sports group within, within there, uh, got involved with buying and selling football clubs, rugby clubs, a Formula One team, bizarrely, um, and did, did a lot of business restructuring. Um, for, for anybody that uh, eats the Soreen loaf, I was involved in the restructuring of that business back up in Blackburn, bizarrely. Um, put me off Soreen Loaf for quite a long time <laughs> just I had it on tap the whole time so it's not something I'd race to eat anymore um, but what I can say is that the Tesco version at the time was exactly the same as the Soreen and there was about a pound twenty difference in price but I shouldn't be giving away trade secrets like that um, and then in the uh, in, in the winter months they turned to mince pies so again mince pies are not really on my list anymore the things I want to want to eat um, and, and then I, I left in 2012, so the last 10 years of work for myself, done consulting work with a variety of, variety of companies and sporting organisations, got heavily involved with England basketball, trying to commercialise uh, professional basketball in the UK, came up with a really good idea, just couldn't get the funding together for it sadly, um, even Lord Co endorsed our, our idea and our, our, our process, um, and then you know, the main football experience I had was, was Blackpool as you mentioned earlier on. So 2019, when they were put into receivership and the Oyston family were removed, um, I went up there in the February and I was there till about the October after we sold the club to Simon Sadler. Um, and I, th- I think uh, 
getting through that process if you can get through that process at Blackpool there's nothing in football oh, that, that, that can shock me anymore yeah I was going <clears> to <throat> say you know uh, that was your first taste of football um, first taste from of what full-time you mentioned football there. Where, where the responsibility of the running of a football club was, was squarely on my shoulders I mean, when you think you know the, the uh, Blackpool fans had that not a penny more campaign and they were they were really quite militant about it there was probably less than a thousand people going to Bloomfield Road every week and then within a week um, of arriving we went from 1,000 to 17,600 for the first game back at home against Southend United with a stadium that hadn't been used really since the Premier League days. So we had no fans. We had no idea whether the staff were good enough to cope with it. But we just had to go with it and see what happened. And it seemed to come through. Nice to be the taste. Okay. Um, and I, I applied for quite a few roles thereafter. And I was always told, you know, you don't have quite enough football experience because it is a bit of a club in terms of working at senior level in clubs. Um, and then when I, when I saw the application for uh, for here, um, I applied direct to Dara. And I think the fact that I didn't have lots of football experience, but much more business experience, um, that appealed to, to the three owners. And uh, sure enough, here I am. Yeah, yeah. so you, you're new to Peterborough, effectively. First impressions of the city? I'd never been to Peterborough until my interview. Um and if I'm honest, apart from the walk between the stadium and the town hall, I don't know a huge amount about it. I did go to a Neil's once to watch the, the old firm Derby. <laughs> okay. Although it's not, maybe not somewhere I'm going to race back to on a Wednesday night. Um, I, I take sanctuary in a little village pub most of the time. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I was uh, lucky enough to be invited by the Dean of the Cathedral to come and have a, a, a visit and, and a tour. And I was absolutely blown away by the by the beauty of that building and the, and the historical importance of that building. Um, I had no idea that Catherine of Aragon was buried there, and of course, previously Mary Queen of Scots. So, um, yeah, that was that was that was a thrill to see that. Um, and uh, as we, as we discussed previously, I, I have, I'm quite fairly heavily involved with the church, so a cathedral at that uh, does impress me. Wonderful um, stuff. Yeah. So that's that's David and um, our CEO at Peterborough United Football Club. Let's start. Yeah with um, sort of what's your role at the club your responsibilities everyday activity what, so you're obviously the non-playing side shall we say yeah so I mean it's it, it, our club is pro- probably relatively unique from that point of view the chairman he controls the football side that's his passion um, and that's fine because that allows me to, to run the business operations and to really sort of get into the nitty gritty of, of, uh, of what's been going on there I don't think I'd have the, the time in my day to do both <laughs> frankly um, and um, and then you know I, I interact with Barry quite a lot because he's he's on the ground day in day out as well um, so I know what's going on but I don't I don't really get involved um, although when it comes to sorting out things for the new manager and so on that that sort of fell fell on myself and the operations manager um, but certainly player training player identification that's definitely no. not my, my my strong suite so your remit will be no doubt marketing the commercial side ticket office yeah. and uh, fan engagement yeah trying to get the press officer to do a better job all these things <laughs> um, he's, yeah he's taking it easy right now he's, 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 take a backward step at yeah, the he's, moment he's, just, he's having a step back no it's it, to be fair the, the staff have been brilliant since I arrived all the staff um, been really pleased and impressed with the quality we have uh, a couple of changes happening now a couple of young lads are, are moving on to to other roles um the first two weeks I had a one-to-one with every single member of staff in the stadium and I said to them look if you know a West Ham United come in and offer you 60 grand to to go and work there I'll shake your hand I'll wish you well good luck and, and congratulations on the job if you come to me and say I'm going to go and work 
with all due respect to Cambridge United for £22,000, I'm going to say, well, what did I do wrong? Um, so both both the guys that are leaving are, one of them's going to Wolves, so again, it's a big step up for him. Um, and the other's going to an internet bank in London on, on a significantly bigger salary. So again, it's young lads that, that want to, to, to be aspirational. And they, they, yeah, they have and, you've given, and the club's given them that opportunity exactly, to do that as exactly. well, to develop the skills it, in that way as well. It means that whoever comes in next, they have the opportunity mm. to develop and... Yeah. And, and go forward which um, getting away from it slightly but that's like our football model of the players yes. for example yes. as well yes. you know we'll look to buy in younger players or with that potential to develop grow their skills um, and their footballing skills and then move on Ivan yeah. Tony being an example and we're not we're not big players on the non-football side we're not big players on the football side to be fair um, but you know we, we, we offer a platform we offer something unique working football is exciting you know um, I think we take it for granted. You, know, you walk into into the Western Home Stadium every day, and yeah, it's our it's our office. But if you if you don't work for the club and you walk in, you see the stadium. It's an absolute thrill. <laughs> so for people on the outside, it's uh, it's exciting. Um, so yeah, it's uh, we've we've just got to offer something that if it is a yeah. developmental role, then yeah. so be it. Yeah. Um, so talking of let's you talk about the stadium there and um, the new ground. Can you give us a, a brief update on that? We've obviously had a lot of. Um, press stories this week as well with the master plan being um, uh, released um, yeah. so view from the club yeah. so so one of the reasons that I, I desperately wanted this job was was to be in a position to come and deliver a new building to a professional sports club um, it's something that a lot of my peers will never get the opportunity to do because how often do new stadiums come along not very often um, so I think to, to sort of assure fans that's why I'm here because all the chat of the stadium is genuine it's real it is going to happen um, in my head, I've got a I've got a date in mind as to when it'll be delivered. I'm not going to say that <laughs> and be held to it. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, <laughs> um, I think uh, you know, when I, when I arrived, and I was told that you know it was uh, sort of difficult with the council, and and then I met the council. I met uh, councillor leader Fitzgerald, and had a really good conversation with him. And we basically came to an agreement on how we'd go forward to to get the land that we needed. And he sort of said, well, the university might be tricky because they, they, they're quite protective of the embankment site. So I met with Ross Renton, the principal of ARU. And uh, and he, when I said, I showed him where I'd like to have the, ven the, the new venue. And he said, well, I, I have no objections to that. All he wants to avoid is really what the master plan's showing right now, mm. which is the, the encouragement onto the... It's too, it's too close. Yeah. And it doesn't work for either party. Mm. So the master plan is just a guide. It's not... That, that's not it done um, so we will identify the piece of land we want to build on we will apply for that we'll apply for the planning there um, the one thing we won't do is do that until we have the land under our control now wh whether that's an option whether that's a rental agreement whatever whatever it is we've got to be, we've got to have the, the land identified because otherwise I'm spending money on something that's still speculative yep. as soon as the land's confirmed and, and signed and sealed then I can unlock funding to, to move it forward Um Obviously, there's the long-term aim of having the stadium in that location, and the club have been upfront about um, wanting to put it on the embankment. In terms of getting to that stage of actually having the land, do you have a timeline in mind or a time scale? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly the answer I was probably expecting as well when I was saying that question. Um, so yeah, and I suppose, what I would say is sooner than later. Yeah. Um, the one thing that that I'm very keen to do with with the club is keep that momentum of good news going. Um, so there's been some announcements, I know we're going to talk about them shortly, and just keep that good news going um, and, and really get the fans to, to believe there's a great future for Peterborough United, um, which we 
which I believe there is. Does the aspects, any aspect of the new stadium change depending on Posh being in the Championship or League One no. next season? No. The, the, the reason for the, the new stadium is so important is it basically makes us independently financially viable. Um, so that at that point, it, it's almost irrelevant which league we're playing in because we'll have X amount of guaranteed revenue coming from the stadium year in, year out, which I need to secure to then go and get the funding for the new stadium. So it's all interlinked. Um, but you know, in, in my head, I, I want the, the club running costs covered by the new the new venue. Um, and then the football budget will increase and decrease depending on which league we're in. Because obviously with the championship, our revenues increased between six and seven million. So if that money was suddenly all available for, as a football budget, that becomes quite exciting because then we're competing properly mid-table in terms of budget um, with championship clubs. Whereas at the moment we're we're with the bottom one or two in the league, and it's reflected in in our league position right now. Yeah, and then the stadium on obviously non-match days becomes a conference events exhibitions venue, which again drives income it, for the city. It becomes and the economy. It becomes a destination mm. within Peterborough as a, for the city. It's it's something that you know seven days a week. People want to go and see whether they're tourists, whether they're locals, you know, bars, restaurants, um, community amenities, because it has to be a community-focused venue. That's so important. We have to be enhancing the, for the people of Peterborough first and foremost. Um, and uh, you know, I think if we get it right, the, the, suddenly the, the riverside and the embankment side of the river um, will be regenerated and sort of rejuvenated. Um, certainly, speaking with the, the council chief executive. Um, his words were, it's, it's a game changer, not just for the football club, but for the city. Mm. So we, we, we have got a lot of support. Um, some of the meetings I've had since I arrived with Sports Minister Huddleston was very important. I'm making sure I'm getting words in the, in the ears of the right people so that come the time, we'll have the right support from the right people. So it's, uh, it's, a, it's a long-term game I suppose yeah. um, but but we, I feel we've made a lot of progress in three months Okay, that's that's encouraging to hear because um, as obviously football fans in the city, certainly Peterborough United fans will want to see a new stadium um, the majority I think are, are firmly behind a new venue shall we say um, there's obviously hurdles to overcome and um, that in the course of time that will all have to be discussed and put out to public opinion as well no doubt as well and that's where the club will engage with the Peterborough citizens the consultation uh, process came back uh, unwaveringly supportive of, a, of an arena or a venue stadium whatever you want to call the building on the embankment and that's that's the key we have the support of the local community um, the majority of and that's that's what we needed in the first instance to then start start the next stage brilliant right we're just going to have to take a short break there but we'll come back and talk to David in more detail about fans certainly because they are the lifeblood of any football club as well own a hybrid petrol or diesel vehicle how much is servicing and repair? Oh dear. If you need an option other than main dealer, contact FRM Automotive. We service and repair all makes and models and won't invalidate your manufacturer's warranty. We also provide MOT testing, brakes, clutches, tyres and aircon repair and regas. FRM Automotive, Savile Road, Peterborough. See frmautomotive.co.uk. Honest work at affordable prices. 
It's time to choose your perfect new symphony kitchen at Kelly Vision. We now offer a free kitchen design and quotation service, backed up by our expert installation team. You can also choose your freestanding and built-in appliances in-store at Kelly Vision from leading brands like Bosch, Neff, Siemens, Smeg, Hotpoint, Indesit and Liebherr. Kelly Vision, Broad Street, Whittlesea. Your award-winning independent retailer. Call Peterborough 208787 or visit kellyvision-peterborough.co.uk. You're listening to PCR Sports. Good evening and welcome back to PCR Sports here on PCR FM. If you've not been with us for the first, what, 47 minutes of the show, you can listen back to us on the PCR FM app or through the website, which is pcrfm.co.uk. We've got David Payton, Peterborough United Chief Executive, with us this evening. And we've just been discussing the potential new ground for the club, which is hoped to be on the embankment. David, um Safe standing has certainly been um, something that's been discussed for numerous years now at Peterborough United as well as other clubs. The club put out a statement uh, just a short while ago just about um, safe standing coming to London Road. Can you just elaborate on that and just bring us up to speed? Yes, so uh, we've appointed contractors. Um, We're going through the approval process with the SGSA and the Safety Advisory Group because without their consent and approval, it can't happen. Um, the plan as it stands subject to these approvals is that the minute we play Blackpool um, the uh, the demolition crew will move in, <laughs> remove all the uh, the old crash barriers um, and start to level out the concrete ready for safe standing to be, uh, to be put in, real seating safe standing it's, it's rather with an option to have a seat rather than you know, the other way around we have to sit um, we'll also be putting in the minimum requirement for away fans to have safe standing rather than um, the, the real seating, right? Okay. Uh, there's, there's certain there's nuances that, yep. um, <clears throat> to be honest, I'll let the safety office and the ops manager get on with. <laughs> so we're we looking at demolishing London Road completely, no, 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 or just no, no, no. Re- reforming no, so if you, the. If you imagine the, the, within the London Road terrace, uh, terrace yep. um, the concrete is quite uneven, mm. they're quite narrow. So we just do, need to do some remedial work to that then allow the, the bolts and the, the, the end plates to be bolted into the, the existing concrete. So this is a bit of remedial work, but you no, know, the actual London Road Terrace will remain as it is. Yep. Same vomitry, same roof. Um, but crucially, the, the, the rails will move to the new stadium. And that's so important because I think it's important that we have a connection with the history of the club and it's, uh, the fans can then see it in the new ground, yep. uh, which is, uh, I think, quite exciting as far as I'm concerned. And <clears throat> talking of fans, obviously, they're the lifeblood of any football club itself. Um, what are your plans in terms of fan, fan engagement? What have you done so far? What would you like to do? And sort of the long-term, long-term aims, really, of the club to bring and grow our fan base. You know, we've talked yeah. about the schools initiative there. So the schools initiative, um, we've got a, a couple of other... Um, exciting initiatives which we'll announce in the next few weeks which really embed us into the community um, one of the things that I've been very keen to do since I arrived I always think that clubs take from supporters all the time they're always asking for something whether it's money or support or, <laughs> and it's important we, we, we give back sometimes um, so one of the one of the, the initiatives that's coming out um, will uh, we'll, we'll demonstrate that um, 
we, we obviously undertook a, a bit of a, a, a fundraise for the Ukrainian church, which we're donating on Sunday. And again, that was well supported and I'm proud of the club for and the marketing team for coming up with the idea and actually delivering it. I think, again, we're, we're one of the key pillars of this community and we need to act as... As a, as, a, as a community leader. And you want to bring the club into the community effectively <coughs> as well to yeah. make them more accessible, I guess. Well, my, uh, so my, my predecessor, Bob, Bob Sims, uh, used to meet with supporters groups once a month, which was PISA, uh, the Supporters Trust and Forever Posh. And uh, I sat at the first meeting. It's not, some, it's not, it's not anything I haven't said to all of, all of those guys. Um, that uh, I sat around the table and it was, it was basically four or five middle-aged white men sat around the table discussing Posh. And it's not reflective of our community status of devout Muslim has joined that that group um, to offer insights on on uh, on, on Asian um, fans and how we can better engage and align with them. Whether that's a multi faith room within the stadium, a multi faith room at the training ground for for players, um, halal meat in in certain areas of the of the stadium, um, and then we've all, we've also reached out to the LGBTQ plus um, fraternity as well to make sure that they they have a, they have a voice at the table and that we are being inclusive of all the various areas of and the demographics of of our supporter base because we have to be there for everybody, not just white middle aged men and and children. Uh, and that's really important that we, we we grow that. Nothing nothing will ever sell better than a sold out sign, and we're not at a sold out sign stage right now. <coughs> so how do we fill the Western Home Stadium between now and <coughs> the date? I won't tell you till the new stadium, uh, <laughs> and uh, and 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 really build that fervour because you know, the Man City game, uh, the atmosphere that night was was fantastic, and I'm excited about tomorrow. Say hopefully about eleven and a half thousand there tomorrow, um, and you know there's nothing better than seeing a, a full jumping and bumping stadium frankly yep and then from a fan's perspective as season tickets have come out recently as well um there was also been talk of a bond that the club were announcing yeah so season tickets first of all um i I was absolutely determined that we froze the prices um and there's been a bit of confusion about the prices that 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 we've, we've gone with but you know they were the prices that we launched last year whilst in league one there was a championship price that was then attached for those that hadn't already bought but these are these are the league one prices um, and you know, we, again, it's about giving back. We know that all our supporters are going to face a tough time financially in terms of rising energy prices and and just the general cost of living. So it's really important that we we provided a bit of a bit of support in the only way that we could by freezing the prices. Um, and then the bond, we uh, we put a survey out oh, about six weeks ago, maybe now slightly more. Um, and again, it was a very very good uptake on people that would subscribe to the bond so we're now going through the process with a, a an fca regulated business to provide that platform for the bond um, and there'll be more to follow on that in the coming weeks but again it's a way of of raising some capital to, to invest into the infrastructure of the club um, and and towards the new stadium as well yep i know sort of mentioned season tickets there but i know a lot of my tuesday home game for example from a season ticket perspective as well any thoughts that you might bring in a 10 game season ticket this year we will do something. I'm not saying it'll be a 10-game multi. I'm, um, I, I'm, at the moment, I want to drive people towards season tickets, as you'd expect. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, we've been, I've been very specific that the, the price freeze is a very good price, but those that don't buy within the early bird, the, the price increase is significant. It's about £50. Um, and and that, that's really to, to allow us to plan better. If we can get the fans um, bought bought into the season tickets early then we can we can plan a lot more now, again you coming back to what you're asking about fan experience yes i want to really get that going again now that covid is hopefully in in the in the uh, rearview mirror um 
ready to plan for that. I want to know roughly, you know, what sort of numbers I'm going to be dealing with, depending on which league we're playing in next year. Um, I know some Premier League clubs do something like called a, like an away season ticket. Is there any value in doing it at, at posh level, or, or generally away got, fans get the, tickets whenever they want? Type we've, thing? Got the, we've got the uh, platinum option where you buy for all home games, all away games. I think you get a, a shirt as well, uh, amongst other privileges. Um, I'm not averse to the idea. Um, I would take take the counsel of the fans on that, really, and we can we certainly put something out to find out if there's any desire for that. I mean, the one. The one thing I've, I've I've absolutely loved at all the away games that the the level of noise our away fans make is is truly fantastic and it was great to see what nine hundred odd a thousand of them at QPR. Um, I felt sorry for those that travelled to Cardiff that Wednesday night. <laughs> Thanks for um, the reminder. Although, although I felt sorry for myself at the same time. So that's, that's you know, we're all in the same boat. Um, but no, I've been I've been so impressed by the by the fan base. And I just mm-hmm. want to grow it and uh, say, like London Road, um, sorry, Western Home Stadium. Um, <laughs> Phil tells me off for that, um, and and get and get that packed week yeah. in week out. And um, I know that if one or two fans are listening to me this evening, and Phil will relate to this certainly when uh, talking in interviews. Potentially, we are the posh and not Peacebury United. Potentially, um, I know Phil gets pulled up on that a few times. We're as proud well. to be posh. Good to hear. Good to hear <laughs> as well. Um, so short-term aims, obviously, in terms of you know season ticket sales, obviously yep. paramount. It help you budget-wise. Yep. Medium to long-term aims, obviously the stadiums is part yeah. of that. But away from that, fan engagement. Um, yeah, fan engagement. I mean, obviously, the, the the biggest of the short-term aims is to retain championship status, uh, which I still believe we can do. Um, some might say it's my job to believe that, <laughs> uh, but I do, I do genuinely believe that. I've you know, I've seen such an upturn in. Um, performance levels over the last month at the football club uh, I've seen a difference at the training ground in terms of the atmosphere the culture um, grants come in it's not just grants it's Cliff as well um, they're demanding very high standards yeah. of the players which I like to see um, so I, I, I believe that we're on an upward trajectory hopefully we've still got time on our side to to, to pull off the, uh, the the great escape um, but as Phil said you know the likes of Middlesbrough Luton they're going to be nervous they need the points tomorrow and on Tuesday night mm. Nottingham Forest will need the points in a couple of weeks time Blackburn feasibly so that, you know it's not an easy place to come and win at Western Homes so it's uh, we can make it tough for them mm. and again a big, a big a big crowd will make it even harder for them definitely uh, just we've got only literally a couple of minutes left and I could speak to you for, for, for hours but it um your relationship with the three owners, you know, we laughed, yep. we joked, laughed and joked about it a bit earlier as well. But you're obviously, the, obviously, the day to day. You're not involved excited in football. this morning because uh, on Dara's Instagram, and I thought, oh, he's bought me my new company car, <laughs> and then he mentioned it was for his wife. I was, I was, I was really quite upset by that. Um, so, uh, yeah, no. Um, in the stadium, and you never know what you might get. Uh, probably a thank you. <laughs> um, at best, um, no. It's, it's it's a unique it's a unique ownership group. Um, very different personalities you manage upwards to them in different ways Dara's focus is, is football and cash flow um, Stuart is I think because I always call him Randy but I think he's Stuart in, the, in, the, in these shows um, Stuart is uh, is very much about growth and the new stadium and Jason the academy and, and, and the ladies team and so I, you know, I, I tend to interact with them all individually around their, their focal points within the club and then once a month we have a we have a, a video call and uh, 
um, and discuss all matters together and make any decisions that need to be. Well, I speak to them probably once a week on the whole. Um, but no, they're, they're, good, they're good owners. You, you look at Dara since 2006, he's been involved, he's brought stability. Um, Stuart and Jason coming in have, have added a bit more impetus to that as well. Mm. So I, I, you know, it's it's uh, it's good fun working with them. Yeah, definitely. Um, time's run out this evening, unfortunately, but you've been most welcome back on the show, David and and Phil sitting in the corner there as well. Um, you know, to give us an update in perhaps yeah. six months' no, time, something to, like that, as to uh, the progress that the club have made, certainly off the field, shall we say? And we do obviously from a fans' perspective and from a city and a business perspective as well for the economy. You know, staying in the championship is paramount, and uh, you see you feel the benefits, and I'm sure many Peterborough businesses will feel that certainly tomorrow and then on Tuesday evening as well, which yeah. is wonderful to see. Hopefully. But that does conclude this evening um, on PCR Sports. Thank you for listening to us. Um, all the best to Posh tomorrow and um, whatever your sporting involvement this weekend, whether it's volunteering, playing or spectating, we do wish you a successful one and certainly an enjoyable one as well. But uh, we're going to leave you with um, Dignity by Deacon Blue and that was chosen by David this evening as well.